When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Luna the Podcast. My name is Carolina Salazar, also known as the Carolina Lifestyle on TikTok and Instagram. My goal with this podcast is to demystify modern spirituality, talk about all things holistic health and wellness, and to also empower you to show up as your best and highest self. Thank you so much for being here, and I look forward to seeing you in the show. Hello everyone, welcome back to the podcast. I hope you're having an amazing day. I am so grateful you're tuning in today for another guest episode. I hope you guys have been enjoying the guest episode on Mondays and solo episodes on Thursdays format. I've been really enjoying just putting out more content for you guys so you guys can connect more deeply with me, with my community, with people I admire. And it's just been really, really fun to have this new connection with you guys and also with my guests so we're back with another one on this episode i interviewed maddie miles she's a hormone guru that is austin based she's the founder of peace love hormones she also is a board certified integrative health practitioner a cycle educator and an herbalist and she launched a herbal nutraceutical called soothe which is here to help people heal their PMS symptoms and just regulate their cycles overall. She is such a light. I loved our conversation. I've been following Maddie for, I think, over a year now because she's mutual friends with one of my best friends, Callie Jardine, and I'm sweaty and I know it. And so I've been loving her content for quite some time and a resource for me as I've deepened my relationship to my cycle, to my body, as I've gone through my journey of you know, ending my experience with hormonal birth control, going off of hormonal birth control and just tuning back into my body and my cycle and just becoming more educated about it. So it was such a pleasure to hop on Zoom with her and interview her and chat with her. The conversation was really awesome. We went on a million tangents, but it was really fun. And we talked about the importance of educating yourself with regards to your cycle. We talked about the four phases of your cycle and how to live according to them and how you might feel differently at different parts of your cycle. So like the four different versions of you throughout the cycle and we also chatted a little bit about the experience of being on birth control, what it does to our bodies as women, and all the different contraceptive options that we have access to. So just, you know, educating you guys on all the different options that we have the ability to choose from when we're choosing how we are going to uh, basically track our phases and our fertility. So... Yeah, it was really awesome. If you're someone who has a period, if you're a woman, if you're a menstruator, and if you just want to learn more about your own body and how we operate hormonally as women, you're going to love this episode. And if you're also on birth control or considering going off of birth control or just exploring different options that are available to you, I think this episode was also going to be very, very informative and helpful to you. So 
I hope that you enjoy it. I hope that you have fun listening to our convo and make sure to check out Maddie's page. I'm going to include all her links to her socials and her platform in the description of this episode so you can check it out. And if you do love this episode, I would really appreciate if you could let me or Maddie know, DM us, share it on your story, tag the Luna the podcast and the Carolina Lifestyle Instagram. And if you've been enjoying the podcast, I would really appreciate if you could take one minute of your day and just drop a little five stars because you're the best and I love you very, very much. So if you could take the time to do that, either on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, it'd be very much appreciated. So with that being said, let's dive into this amazing conversation. I hope you enjoy and I'll see you on the other side. All right. Okay, hello everyone. Welcome back to Luna the Podcast. I am here today with a very special guest, Maddie Miles. I've been following Maddie for a while now, and so I'm really excited to be sitting down with her to have an amazing conversation about all things women, our cycle, our hormones, optimizing our own lives and living according to our cycle. And so with that being said, welcome, Maddie. Thank you for being here. I'm so excited. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to get into today's topic. It's one that we're going to get really into over the next 45 or so minutes, but also one that we could talk about for hours and hours, days and days and days. So I really, I highly recommend everyone listening to this to continue following myself, Carolina, everything after this podcast episode and to keep doing your own me search your body research because we are absolutely incredible and if you leave with one thing from this episode today i hope it is that that you know how incredibly powerful and innate your beautiful body wisdom is yes beautiful beautiful to get started i would love for you to share your zodiac sign or your big three if you know your big three and like your sun moon and rising and then also share a little bit about what you do, your page, your mission. Just give everyone a little rundown um, about what you're all about if they don't follow you already. Absolutely. I am a Leo and I think I oh, I have a lot of the typical Leo traits, very stubborn, <laughs> hardworking. Um, but I, so I'm a Leo. My human design is an emotional generator and I relate a lot to that as well. Me too. <laughs> no way. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love, love, love that. I don't know if you can relate to this, but I guess a part of our human design is that when we eat our food, it's very kind of sectioned apart from each other. Like I'm not one to like mix everything together. It's like everything is in its own like little parts Um, and when I had my reading done, she told me that, and I was like, I never really noticed that before, but yes, I do do that. Whereas like my partner is the exact opposite. He, no matter what we're eating, even if they don't necessarily go together, he loves to mix everything together. I'm also like very tactile. (laughs) I love to like touch things. Like that's one of like the ways that I connect with, like no matter what it is. So when I'm eating too, obviously there's some things like soup that you can't really eat with your <laughs> hands, but for the most part, I usually use my hands. So also makes sense. Oh, I'm an herbalist. Nice. I love to plant. I love to touch and feel plants and create tinctures and all this stuff that we'll get into. Um, so it just, it, I'm learning a lot more about myself as each day and each cycle and each year goes on. 
But a lot of this is making sense. And I wish I would have known this when I was way younger because, you know, I think when we're really young in the society that we live in, we all are just told that like there's this one size fits all normal and really we're all so different and we have these beautiful quirks about each of us and so to know all of this now I mean like oh it's not weird it's just me and like that's how I am who I am and how boring would life be if we we're all the same so it's really beautiful so true more. Mm-hmm. so true mm-hmm. also as you were saying all of that I'm like I wonder if you have Taurus like in some aspect of your chart I'm a Taurus and like food and like herbs and plants and like earth and stuff like that is like super related to Taurus so I wonder if you have a Taurus moon or like a Taurus rising in your astrology you'll have have to to figure that out yes I'll have to figure that out and I'll let you know (laughs) yes amazing so share a little bit about what you do on social media and your business I think it's so important like to educate women about their bodies especially as you were saying like we're so unique And our health is so personal. So it's really core to our health for us to understand ourselves and our bodies and our cycles. So yeah, share a little bit about all that you do. Absolutely. So I am the founder of Peace Love Hormones. I am an integrative health practitioner. I studied nutrition and dietetics and I can get into my story of like what got me into this realm, but long story short, it was a lot of health struggles that I dealt with ever since I was really young, eight years old and never truly found relief until I started working with an integrative health clinic in Chicago. That's where I'm originally from. I live in Austin, Texas now for anyone listening who also lives in Texas or around Austin. Um, Texas is huge, but anyway, so I really started to not only heal my own body, but also learn how the body and the mind worked, how they're interrelated and just truly how to heal on like a spiritual and a physical level. When I started working with this integrative health clinic, however, I was studying a very westernized model of nutrition and dietetics in undergrad. So I knew that once I graduated, I wanted something more in depth. So as I graduated, I went into a graduate program for integrative health and that's when hormonal contraceptive was brought to my attention and I really started to question it. At the time, I had been on the hormonal birth control pill for six years at that point. In my health, in regards to my health, I had really improved in so many ways. However, my libido was still non-existent, which in the society that we live in, that seemed that's you know deemed as normal and that like if women have sexual desires, then that's a bad thing, but it's not. It's anything but. But I still didn't have a libido. I was still having sleep issues for which I was prescribed Ambien for. I saw some of the air quotes top sleeping specialists in the entire country and still no one could figure it out. No one put two and two together that "Mm, you're on something that is shutting off ovulation. Therefore, you're not producing progesterone or any of your natural hormones and those really impact sleep. Those dictate your sleep. So anyway, no one ever came to that conclusion. I came to that eventually as I'm doing all of this research on hormonal contraceptive. So I got obsessed to say the least. I started um, both in and outside of the classroom. I was doing all of this extra research because it hit home for me, right? Like I'm taking this pill every single day, still struggling with my health in various ways, even though I've done all of the things I've done, you know, all the healing protocols and et cetera, et cetera. So I 
I've never put pressure on myself to heal. I know that it's a journey. I know that it's a lifelong journey too. So, you know, I've, I'm learning all of these things in school about parasite healing and all of these beautiful things that I'm now doing today, but it's taken me a long time to get there. So also want to remind anyone who's listening, don't ever feel overwhelmed. I remember that when I first got into this space, I was so overwhelmed because I felt like there's so much to do. And just a reminder, no matter what age you are, you still have time and you need to prep your body before you're doing all this stuff. So please don't leave today's episode, like going and buying some fad detox kit or fad parasite protocol. Um, that's not what I want you to leave with, but I do want you to leave with healing as a journey and you have to come everything to you on your own terms. So it's been a beautiful journey for me. I eventually stopped hormonal contraceptive when I knew that I was physically and emotionally prepped to get off of it. And a huge part of my healing post hormonal contraceptive were herbs. So I've always had a really beautiful connection to plants. I think a lot of women can relate to this because back in ancient times, in our primal days, men typically were the hunters and gatherers. While the women stayed back, we were the teachers, the educators, we raised the children, and we were the healers, the medicine makers. We still, even today, even though our westernized medical system has a lot of flaws, it is still predominantly women, actually, which most people wouldn't believe because of the huge disparity and equality for women and men's health. And we see so many women sick more women than men, especially when it comes to our hormones and our cycles. However, it's majority women doctors still. So, you know, I have always found this beautiful healing presence and space with cooking, with baking, with herbs, with growing my own food. I've just always felt really at peace. And I think a lot of us can relate to that. A lot of, I'll hear a lot of women say, I love to bake. It like makes me so calm. So everyone has their own you know, way, their own avenue of being connected with source, source being the earth. And for me, it's really, really been plants and herbs. So I've used them so many times throughout my healing journey. I've used it to help me fall asleep. Uh, When I was having sleep issues, I used them to heal from Lyme disease when I was in college and I contracted that, unfortunately. And I used them to heal from hormonal contraceptive, from parasites. I've always come back to herbs. So they have so many uses. A uh, buzzword that's thrown around a lot for many herbs are adaptogens. They adapt to your body and what your body needs. They're absolutely incredible. Each singular herb has at least a handful of different actions within the body. And they really do. It's like they go into your body with this like little manuscript and they're like, what does Maddie need today? You know, and then they go and they do their work. So they're also beautiful. Obviously, there are varying um strengths of each of the herbs, right? So some herbs are a little bit more on the toxic side. You're not supposed to be taking them every day. And then there are the lower risk herbs that you can take every single day and you should take every single day because you build up that resilience with them. So um, I'm uber, uber passionate about herbs. That's what led me to eventually just formulate a remedy for women's hormonal and gynecologic health. So that is Soothe. Hopefully, if you're listening to this, you've tried Soothe before. I love, love, love seeing the reviews for it. It's very exciting and heartwarming. And that is before. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That is just to say the least. I mean, I, I can't, words can't describe the emotions that I feel like physically and emotionally 
when I connect with other users of Soothe. Um, so yeah, that's my journey that Peace Love Hormones, we are an entire platform for women's menstrual and reproductive health. So we are really trying to start this movement, getting everyone not only healthy and feeling amazing with their cycle, but knowledgeable, empowered, and excited about it. Because I can't tell you how many women I've met throughout my life who hate their period. And it's really sad because on average, we have anywhere as much as 400 of them throughout our life. So to just constantly live in agony with them and dislike for them, I mean, you know, to slightly get into like the brain, the mind-body connection, what that's doing to your body is also not great to constantly be dreading something that's going to be happening every 21 to 35 days. So I really, in Peace Love Hormones, our mission is to change the narrative in all ways, right? In the, in the medical space and in the health space to change the narrative because we're still seeing all of these studies, whether they're more natural or it's not natural and it's about pharmaceuticals, it's all based on men and lab rats. So we want to see more women and female representation in the medical and health space. And we also want to see, again, just a switch in the narrative of how powerful we are and how powerful our cycles are. And none of us would be here, no matter what gender you are, none of us would be here if we didn't ovulate every month. And if we didn't have the consequential that's a bad word for it because it makes it seem bad, but if we didn't have the following period bleed. So I love cycles. I think they're so fun. I love when mine comes. Mine is just around the corner. It should be here within the next two to four days. I track my cycle. I track all my fertile signs. Already ovulated about two weeks ago, so it should be here any day now. And I'm really closely synced with the white moon cycle. So that means around the full moon. Um, around the full moon, I ovulate. And around the new moon, I menstruate. So it's really exciting. I flipping love what I do. I love our cycles. And that is just like the mission that I wake up with on a daily basis is like, if we can at least get one more woman today to love her cycle and to understand how to optimize it, then it was a day well lived. Yes, 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 yes to everything. Like I have so many responses. Um, but I think what you said about women hating their cycle is something that probably a lot of people can relate in a way because I think society also makes us feel like ashamed sometimes like if we're on our period or there's just a lot around it but I when I was in college and I was in birth control I'm not in birth control anymore and like I'll tell a little bit about what I've done and you've been a huge positive influence in my own life so this is really cool to be talking to you um but when I was in college I was on hormonal birth control and I would like purposely skip the sugar pills just so I wouldn't get my period because that's how much like I tried to avoid it. And then now like I got my period yesterday and I was like so happy. It's like, yes, I'm on my period. Like my body is healthy. Like it's such an important sign for our health as women. So I think that's so awesome. And just having this movement of women who are becoming more aware of their bodies and what it needs and loving every part of our cycle. Because as you were saying, all these studies are done on men. Like for example, um, the studies done on intermittent fasting, right? There's barely any studies of intermittent fasting done on women, but intermittent fasting only really, really works optimally for the hormonal cycles of men, which is 24 hours. So there's so many different things that, women are not represented in, including these studies. And I think 
it all really comes down to the representation, both on that level, but on every single level of us, like speaking up about all these important things, especially related to health. So I would love to hear also a little bit about like for anyone who's listening, I actually know this, but for anyone who's listening, I would love for you to kind of walk through the four phases and also just like how to live in alignment with your four phases. I just bought two books. One's called uh, Period Power and the other one's called Beyond the Pill. So I'm really excited to just like do my own research more, but would love for you to give the audience just like a little rundown of the four cycle of the four phases of the cycle and just like nutritionally, energetically, and also like workout wise, how it's different at each part. Yeah, absolutely. So I'll start with the first one, which is what you are on right now. It is on your period. So the very first day that you start bleeding, that marks the first day of your entire cycle. So the, the period also known as the menstrual phase is a beautiful, lovely phase. So it can last anywhere from three to seven days. Anything shorter than three days could represent a hormone imbalance, just like anything longer than seven days. Same with extremely heavy or light period bleeding. So your period is when you're at a natural low point in terms of your hormones. So also at a natural low point for your energy. And it is a time where our left and our right side brains are really communicating with each other. So this is a great time to go inward, to perhaps not be as social, not exerting too much energy, because again, you don't have a whole lot of energy to give out and to really think back on your previous cycle on the previous month and think about everything that does not serve you and everything that did serve you and to reevaluate. And moving forward into the next three or so weeks of your upcoming cycle, what do you want to achieve? So this is a time to really rest. Again, this isn't the time to be going to hit workout in the morning, going on a long run. This isn't the time to be hosting social events, whether it's as small as a dinner party or a big party. You know, this is just not the time. This is the time to really give yourself that time to rest and relax. Let your body know that you are in tune with it that you would love it and that it can trust you to take time off when needed. And this is a time when it is needed. This is time to journal. If you would like to do that, also brainstorm and plan for ahead, especially as you're transitioning and you're ending your period bleed and you get into the next phase, which is known as the follicular phase. This is really a time where like, again, because of your brain chemistry to evaluate, let go of what does not serve you and plan ahead. What do you want to manifest in the next three weeks to come? So in terms of exercise, like I mentioned, you know, not time for hit, but this is the time to do walks in yin yoga. I love yin yoga. If you can hold those poses, those juicy stretching poses, amazing. I don't know where you live or where our listeners live, but here in Austin, we have something called the stretch lab, which is great. You literally just go and it's a stretching class. So whatever you can do to really go inwards, foam rolling is great. I will say stay away from the hot yoga classes and stay away from saunas just because you're already depleted of your energy. You're also depleted of essential nutrients, vitamins, and minerals because of your bleed. I would love to mention this really awesome fact. So humans, female women, um, are the only ones who menstruate externally. And actually two-thirds of our uterine lining actually gets reabsorbed 
but one third of it is excreted during its, its shed. And that's just because we have an extra thick uterine lining that we build up in case we do successfully fertilize an egg and we implant an embryo. We have a very thick nourished uterine lining. So if you do not fertilize an egg because you didn't have unprotected sex because it, it or maybe it just didn't work out that way, you know, it's a lot harder to get pregnant than mo for most of us than we are taught to believe. So if it doesn't happen, then two thirds of it gets reabsorbed and one third of it, one third of it. So with that shedding, are losing some vitamins and minerals. So this is the time to not be like sweating extra in the, in the sauna and to make sure that you're eating warm foods, more cooked foods, so steamed, um, lightly sauteed and roasted foods and very nutrient dense foods that are going to help replenish and restore your body. So those are the principles in terms of food, exercise, um, and then emotional and spiritual for your menstrual phase. Transitioning into the follicular phase is you can start keeping track of your follicular phase and you know you've entered into this phase. Once your period has stopped, so you're no longer bleeding anymore, you're going to start to feel this beautiful natural rise of energy thanks to estrogen levels rising and our follicle stimulating hormone rising. And as FSH and estrogen are rising until they ultimately reach their peak at ovulation, you're going to be feeling kind of like your best, not kind of, you will be feeling your best actually. So with the natural rise in energy, this is the time that we say, if you like cardio workouts to go do it, never crush your body. I don't care what phase of your cycle you're in. Always listen to your body, listen to, you know, the cues from how much sleep did you get the night before? Are you well nourished? All of the above. But this is the time if you like to run, if you like to jog, if you like to swim, bike, cycle, all of that, rock climb, hiking, do it now because you have the energy for it. So a tip from me, myself, because you literally go from one day of bleeding to like one day of not, unless you have some spotting here and there. I think a lot of women, and this is where many of us go wrong, is like, okay, we know we're transitioning into our follicular phase. We're just going to go and go on a super long run. And your body may not be ready for that yet. So where us women, some of us women can go wrong is because we have this transition that can almost be overnight. It seems like from you're bleeding on your period to, oh, you're not bleeding. You're in the follicular phase. Many of us just go and use this as a pass to go like crush ourselves in an orange theory or berries boot camp. And then we feel uber depleted. We start to see early onset of PMS, um, perhaps even spotting later on in our cycle and PMS, especially in the luteal phase. So always give yourself that love and grace, making sure that the foundations of true health are there, making sure that you're sleeping every single night, seven to nine hours my sweet spot. And I found a sweet spot for most people are eight hours of sleep, getting in bed by 10 PM, hydrating, nourishing yourself with three meals a day, a snack if needed. If you're going to super long time between meals, you know, the foundationals, I always like to preface with that because when I was originally getting into this research, I pushed myself really hard because I was like, okay, I'm in my follicular phase or I'm ovulating. So like, I need to go and crush myself in a workout, um, especially when I was ovulating because I was like, okay, my testosterone levels are at their peak right now. I can put on muscle more easily. I'm going to go crush myself, crush my body in the gym. And then I was so depleted and I was moody and all of these things the rest of the day. So please do not crush your body. <laughs> it's 
I'm always give it love, but really enjoy this natural spike of energy that you're feeling. Use this brain power, this hormonal power, all of the above to start planning stuff for your business, uh, social plans with your friends, with your partner, trips. If you like to travel and go on adventures, just making sure you're planning them all out in this phase and usually getting them done during the follicular and the ovulatory phase. So as you're transitioning towards ovulation, which we only ovulate once per cycle, and it happens actually in about like five to 15 minutes. And we say that there's this ovulatory phase though, because of the hormones ramping up, getting ready for this, we have a surge in luteinizing hormone which is a pituitary hormone to get our ovaries ready and signaling, yes, let's release an egg, fallopian tubes, you go slurp up that egg and let's do this whole process. And also if you have unprotected sex and he ejaculates in you in the five days before ovulation, then that sperm can stay alive in your reproductive tract because of crucial changes in our cervical fluid and the pH of our vagina, which makes it livable for sperm. And outside of that, it's unlivable for sperm. That's why we say there's this ovulatory phase. Also, your egg survives for 24 to 30 hours. So there's that, that much time after you ovulate as well that you could still successfully fertilize an egg if there is sperm lingering around in there and implant an embryo, boom, voila, you're pregnant. So that's why we say there's a phase, um, even though ovulation itself takes place very quickly. And if you're listening to this and you're like, I don't have penetrative sex or I don't have unprotected sex ever, then cool. You don't really have to worry about that. But for those of us who do do that, there are so many things that you can do to Outside of just like tracking and like knowing like a ballpark of what phase you're in of your cycle, you can get a basal body temperature. I'm like looking at mine over there um, to track your basal body temperature every morning when you wake up. Once you see a spike in your temperature for at least three consecutive days, you know that you ovulated. And then it's, you know, you're technically safe to have unprotected sex for that cycle. Again, and this is something for, sorry, for the spike. I recently got a basal body temperature. Yay. a measure thermometer um and for anyone listening who doesn't know what this means it's basically like it looks like a normal thermometer uh, and you just put it underneath your tongue and you measure it like first thing when you wake up and I just got it like a few days ago so I haven't gotten yet to the part where it was an ovulatory phase moment but usually like how high does it spike for those days small just 0.5 to 1 degree um so it's really really small amount and um, again, it's person dependent, but you'll see. And if you have a high tech BBT, if you have a high tech BBT that's synced with an app, I have Daisy D A Y S Y. That and the Temp Shop, I actually have both. Will give you this beautiful chart that you can go. Um, so I, I can't remember exactly where it is within the app. I'm pretty sure it's on the right hand side, but it'll show you this chart, so you'll be able to see the flow. And it'll you should well. Let me just say for you and everyone listening, turn off the ovulation predictor function because again, they're just using their algorithm, their technology to guess when you're ovulating. You should always just be in control of like knowing that, but it's a great place to sync up with your BBT for them to input. Like this is your temperature. So you can see it on a graph. You can see that spike yourself and you want it to be high and elevated 
for at least 10 days, maximum of 14 days, because that's how you know you have a healthy luteal phase. And a healthy luteal phase comes from having healthy, adequate levels of progesterone. So if it's anything shorter than that, if your spike is less than that, and you start to bleed. um, So let's say your spike, you have a spike for three days, and you know that you ovulated and then you bleed. Okay, you had a short luteal phase. um, If you bleed between like that three to 10 day mark, If you never had that spike in your temperature for three consecutive days and you still bleed, you had an anovulatory cycle, which means that you just didn't ovulate that cycle, which happens to the best of us sometimes. Stress, life gets the best of us, travel, all of this stuff. However, when it's happening chronically, that's when we um, see amenorrhea. Got you. Which amenorrhea is basically no period. Lack of period, yes. You're not ovulating and you're not having a true period bleed from having ovulated. And I actually gotcha. am releasing a podcast episode on hypothalamic amenorrhea that we'll be releasing on my channel in about a week. So I know many of us struggle with that because of this society that we live in that loves diets and loves over-exercising and all of these things. And our periods are so smart and they go, okay, we're not safe. She's not healthy enough to procreate life essentially. And she's not even healthier herself. So we're going to stop the reproductive functions right now. We're going to halt ovulation. Therefore, you're not going to get a period or at least not a true ovulatory bleed. Um, And we're just going to put that on hold for a little bit. So everyone, go check that out. I don't know when this episode of ours will be released, but um, hopefully mine will be out by then. I think it will Okay. Yay. Fingers crossed. Um, So we just did the ovulatory phase. And then we transition into the luteal phase, which is our longest phase. There is no such thing as a long luteal phase. You can have a long follicular. You can have a long period. There's no such thing as a long luteal phase. If it's longer than 14 days, you're pregnant. Um, Or you're just, you have amenorrhea or something else is going on where you're not really having a true cycle. So the luteal phase is um, estrogen is still pretty high. We actually have a second peak of estrogen. So some people have a really high energy luteal phase too. Mine is kind of a hit or miss. I mean, it is the first half of my luteal phase. I'm higher energy. And then once everything starts to dip before my period, so I'm able to have my period bleed, I just noticed, I mean, even this past weekend, I had so many plans. I had so many things going on, one of which was they they had a survivor themed birthday party where they wanted to go out to a park and do survivor. I, I don't know if anyone's seen that show. I actually haven't, but I know of it. So very high intensity games for their birthday on Sunday. And I was so excited when they invited me to it, when I was ovulating, I was like, heck yes, I'm going to crush this. I'm going to kick all their booties. And then it got to this weekend and I actually just did not end up going. So I still celebrated them, gave them birthday presents and gave them some love the night before, but did not participate in the games. I'm just feeling lower energy. And it's beautiful to understand why I'm feeling that way and to have grace for myself and to not feel guilty for it because it's not Mm -hmm. something to feel guilty for. It's something to see as beautiful and to really appreciate. So I am using my wonderful luteal phase energy to do much more kind of like nitty gritty administrative stuff for my business. This is the time where I'm more okay. I still don't like it, but I'm more okay with like looking at finances, doing like website type copy. This is also a phase where you may feel the need and desire to nurture your friendships and your relationships more because primally speaking, this is really cool. Let's say you were to have successfully fertilized an egg, you implanted an embryo, you're you know, nourishing and developing this beautiful embryo into a human, 
you want community, right? Like if you're about to have a child, you want your sisters, you want your brothers, you want everyone to be supporting you. You want to feel supported. And so that's why a lot of us feel like this innate desire to show love to our loved ones. However, that is for you. For me, I love cooking for people. It's my love language and making like herbal rollers and essential oils and all this stuff. So I, this is like a big gifting phase. Um, definitely not a phase that you usually like want to buy clothes or do anything like going out and, you know, partying or dancing or anything like that. It's really just a phase where you're like, I kind of just want to do yoga, watch rom-coms and take baths. <laughs> like yes. I really just, and eat soup, like eat warm soup. Um, so it's cool that we get to experience essentially like four different versions of ourselves. And my biggest advice is just to get to know each of your four selves and love each and every one of her. Yes. So funny you were saying that because my birthday was last Thursday. So my birthday was during my luteal phase. And like I had like a very busy week last week because I had my parents were in town. I had a birthday celebration on the day of my birthday. And then the next day I had a potluck. And then the next day was like my own potluck for my birthday. And then Sunday came around. And like, I went to get a bagel with my boyfriend and we we're literally just like walking to get bagels. And I was like, oh, I'm going to go to like Zara and like return this, this shirt or whatever. Halfway through the bagel, like we're, we made our way to the mall. I, got, I get into Zara and I'm in such a bad mood. Like I did not want to be there. I, um, and my boyfriend was just like, I think you're just like tired. I think you just need to go home and lay down and like not do anything productive with yourself. And that's exactly how I felt like I got home and I just laid down and I read and I was in my couch just chilling and nourishing my body and like not being very social either so I definitely felt that and I feel like the more time that passes since I got out of birth control which was a little bit over a year ago now the more I start feeling connected with the phases I love how you phrased that story too, and that you didn't label yourself as like crazy or, uh, you know, anything negative, right? Because that's what uh, we hear more often than not is like women labeling themselves as not so nice names because <laughs> they're feeling a certain way as if like there are any emotions that are bad. Emotions are just emotions, like let yourself feel it. I mean, you could act out a certain way and maybe that wouldn't be like the greatest, most positive thing, but emotions themselves aren't bad. Just let yourself feel them, understand them and ask yourself, what do I need right now? So for you being in, I'm sure like fluorescent light Zara with blasting music and, you know, people like sales associates running around like so much energy right like I can feel the energy just picturing you in the situation yeah so understandable that luteal phase or even menstrual phase you did not want to have anything to do with that however as you're transitioning into the higher phases the follicular and while you're ovulating that's something that you'd be able to take on more readily. Exactly. So you just listened to this one and you said, this is not what I need right now. What my body needs is to go home and recharge. So I'm exactly. really happy that you listened to that and you didn't label yourself as anything negative. You just point blank. This is how I felt. And I went home and I felt better. Exactly. Yeah. And the labeling is just like removing the labels is so important because I literally just said, oh, I think I'm just about to get my period. <laughs> you know, I'm just, I just need to go home and, and just rest. So I think it's really important to embrace, like you were saying, all the four versions of us in the different parts of our cycle. And I also would love, you know, for you to go in a little bit 
into the like reality about birth control. I think everyone's choice of what they want to do is their own choice. And I'm sure you kind of feel similarly where it's like, so I think like if someone wants to be on birth control, great. If someone wants to be on IUD, it's like, it's your choice, but I've been on birth control. I've been on the IUD and, and then I did my own research and then I made my own choice to get out of it. And it's still been a recovery process, like for my body since I got out of birth control over a year ago. And I'm still in that recovery to get my cycle regular, but I've personally found it to be really magical. And I think a lot of girls don't have the education that they need to make the most informed choice. So could you go into that a little bit? Just explain what birth control actually does to our body. And then if someone decides to go out of birth control, how you would recommend for them to just tune back into their cycle? Yes, absolutely. So there's so many forms of birth control. We have everything from like level one, which is our natural forms of birth control that aren't invasive in the body, such as an IUD. It's not, you're not sticking a foreign object in you. You're not, you know, shutting off or downregulating certain functions of your body. It's just, it's natural, right? So this is the symptothermal method also known as the fertility awareness method, the symptothermal method more specifically is what I was talking about before. So you're tracking your cervical fluid, you're tracking your cervical position, you're tracking your basal body temperature. So you know where you're at within your cycle and you can track your fertile signs. So that's level one, what we were talking about before. In level two, and by the way, the symptothermal method is backed by science. Like this is true science here. Like we know that this works and actually the like typical use rate is more effective with the simple symptothermal method than the hormonal birth control pill. So level two would be of birth control would be like the copper IUD. So something that's not directly giving you synthetic hormones, although it still can impact your hormones, right? We have to remember that like all of this right here, mind, body, it's all one ecosystem, right? So if you're putting a foreign object inside of you, everyone's going to react differently to that, right? Depend based on past trauma, ancestral trauma, based on your own current body, like, and all that makes that up, how is it going to interpret and react to an invader inside of its body. So that's first things first. Like I, I can't sit here and go like the copper IUD is the worst option. I can't say it's the best option because everyone's so different. Right. But I have heard a lot more horror stories with it than that. So the copper IUD, uh, it's not supposed to shut up ovulation. That's not its main way of functioning. It does for some people, but the main way that it functions is for some reason that we still have not been able to figure it out. Copper ions are toxic to sperm. So that's how it prevents pregnancy. It also thins the uterine lining. So let's say you did uh, fertilize an egg via unprotected sex. The embryo would not be able to implant successfully. You would not be able to have a healthy pregnancy because the thin uterine lining. So, you know, a lot of these things, like all of the pharmaceutical ways of preventing pregnancy have come from knowing how our body naturally works, right? Like, oh, we need a thick, nourished uterine lining, endometrium. Well, if we can funk with that, then we can prevent pregnancy. Um, Same thing with like, okay, so ovulation, around ovulation, if we can stop ovulation via level three, something like the hormonal birth control pill, then if ovulation doesn't occur, they can't get pregnant. So again, going back to the symptothermal method, level one, something that's all natural, non-invasive, then if we can figure out when we're ovulating, 
then we know when our safe days are and our non-safe days are. You see, I mean, Western medicine is like a baby compared to natural medicine. So everything stems from nature. Just a good reminder. Um, yes. But level three would be stuff like the shot, um, the implant, the hormonal birth control pill. And these act in a way that actually shut off ovulation. And so these are the most harmful in my personal professional opinion. We see this in clinical studies. We see this in private practice. I see this with my sisters, women like you, like my non-blood sisters as well. So we don't want to shut off ovulation because that's how we make our natural hormones, especially progesterone. And both progesterone and estradiol are so beneficial on so many different levels. Yes, they're needed for reproductive function, but they're needed for our metabolism and our metabolic health. They're needed for our thyroid. They're needed for our skin, our hair, our nails, our mood, sleep, everything, everything. It's what makes us who we are. So to shut off ovulation totally funks with our natural cycles. And in fact, we don't have a cycle. It's mimicking menopause when you're on something that's shutting down ovulation. So we don't want to do that. It does not preserve fertility. If anything, it could mess with your chances. I'm not saying that it's for sure going to do that for everyone. Some people get off the pill and everything's regulated and beautiful four to six months later. For other people, it really does some damage. So I'm not coming at anyone, um, but I'm just saying to really be knowledgeable of all of your options. Thank you for explaining that like about all the different types, because I think for a lot of women, we just don't know that. Like I think a lot of us just feel so scared of like a pregnancy scare that it comes from a place of fear instead of a place of love. Like, let me love my body. Let me accept my body's cycles as they are naturally. And then let me flow with what is just normal for my body to do. So I think, you know, it's important for people to understand that we are totally shutting off ovulation if we are using hormonal birth control, IUD, any of those things. And therefore, we don't have a connection to our womb. We don't have a connection to our intuition. And also, we aren't really getting a period. Like if even if you bleed when you're on birth control, that's not really your period. And I don't think a lot of people know that. Yeah. And I had to really do some digging into where my fear was stemming from when I, because it's natural, right? You know, we're told mm -hmm. this narrative from pretty much the moment we're brought onto this earth that we're a burden, that we are the complainers, that we're always sick, like all of these things, right? We need to eat a certain way. We need to exercise a certain way. And I just realized when I was really doing my research on hormonal contraceptive, it's like, I feel like a lot of my life has not been lived based off my intuition. I feel like a lot of the, my actions and the way that I've been living has come from narratives that I've been getting from society, from doctors, magazines, TV shows, movies, all of these things. So I had to do a lot of work, emotional work myself with a therapist. I'm like, okay, what have I been conditioned to believe about my body? And just upon realizing all that I've been conditioned to believe, that's why I was so scared about stopping hormonal contraceptive. Stopping hormonal contraceptive has been an opportunity for me to really get to know myself, to understand what I truly want, what truly makes me happy with kind of makes me upset because also on hormonal contraceptive, many of us, our emotions are just, they're gone, right? Or you're the complete opposite and you, you feel like you have no control over your emotions. So I felt like I didn't have control over my emotions, but in the way that everything was just down-regulated, like I couldn't sleep, I was much more anxious and 
stressed out and sad. And I realized coming off the pill that I actually have so many emotions. I do have sexual desires. I have so many ambitions. I have all of these things. It's just been shut down for the last six years. And even before that, because I've been living in this world that's been trying to fit me into this mold that I was never meant to be in. So coming off of the pill beyond just like feeling good physically, emotionally, and spiritually, it's been such a game changer. And so I want that for everyone. I never judge anyone for being on a hormonal contraceptive, but I know that most of us aren't properly educated on all of our other options, nor are we told of all the harmful side effects, both short-term and long-term with hormonal contraceptives. So that's why I go out of my way to write blog posts on this, to record episodes of my own, to be a guest on other podcasts like yours and to get this word out there because there's so much to learn about our bodies and there's so much to learn about these overprescribed hormonal contraceptives and how that is impacting us on a daily basis. So there's only love and acceptance coming from my end, but at the same time, sometimes it can feel like tough love um, because I really want to make sure that whoever is on hormonal contraceptive is on it for the right reasons. With the right information too. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So those are my two cents about all the forms of <laughs> hormonal contraceptive in like such a short, short nutshell. I do have an entire episode on that as well. Um, just all the different forms of contraceptive, the hormonal contraceptive, non-hormonal, um, you know, both the IUDs, there's a hormonal IUD and a copper IUD. So, you know, the pros and cons of those, I get asked that a lot. So everyone has to weigh out their own pros and cons and it's different for everyone. So don't judge yourself. Don't judge your sisters. Also what may be good for you in this moment in time may change in a year or two or three years from now. So, you know, just do whatever feels best for you. Exactly. Like everyone's health is so individualized. So it's important to just educate and get to know yourself and then figure out what are the best options. So for someone who maybe is interested in getting out of birth control, it might be feeling afraid of what comes after. What would you want to tell that person? I would tell that person to, again, do that like self-reflection and that digging work of where the fear is coming from. So you know what angle to address it at. So is this fear coming from getting pregnant? then I really recommend you go and read books on the symptothermal method, um, on the fertility awareness method, listening to other people in this space, because that fear will dissipate very quickly once you understand how your body works, how ovulation works, how getting pregnant actually works. It's not this straight, easy shot. It's actually like a maze for it all to happen. So many things have to happen on his end. So many things have to, have to happen on your end. So many things have to happen both of you together in order for this to happen. So really learn that. Um, remember that we have been fed this narrative uh, that we are fertile all the time, which we're not. And actually there is an unspoken epidemic of fertility issues. So go do some exploration with that if that's where the fear is coming from. If your fear is, and this is a huge one because most of us are actually on hormonal contraceptive, not to prevent pregnancy. Many of us stay on it for that reason, but most of us are put on it at a very young age for PCOS or endometriosis or another type of hormone imbalance. A lot of us are put on it because we don't have these air quote regular cycles when we're 13 years old, when actually having a 40, 45 day cycle is normal when you're during the first few years of your cycle. However, parents freak out. They think it's abnormal. 
maybe their daughter is also breaking out or something else is going on. So again, nutrition, all this stuff, lifestyle are just completely overlooked. And the doctor is like, here's a little pill. It'll regulate her cycle. It'll take away her acne. And it actually doesn't regulate your cycle. It does not have that capability. Uh, how cool it would be to have something that was so easy like that. <laughs> but um Actually, I do, you know, there are easier ways, more efficient ways that are less harmful, such as herbs and such as the way that you eat, sleep, nutrition, all of this stuff, simply just not using like toxic products in your house and toxic cooking pans, like all of these things make huge differences in our lives. Um, So I would say if you're worried about stopping hormonal contraceptive because you think that your body's broken and that all of these things are going to go haywire, all of your systems will just go haywire and hate you once stopping also just do more research, um, you know, making sure that you know, and you're surrounded by literature and podcast and humans that can help you. If you can find an integrative practitioner and naturopath, someone who gets this, who gets the body and the mind and how to heal it naturally, but also specializes in cycles and in hormones. Um, none of that has to happen, but Also, final notes, no matter what your reason is for being on hormonal contraceptive and no matter what your reason is for coming off, making sure that you're prepping yourself on a physical and emotional level for at least, at least two months beforehand. I would really like to see it at least four weeks if you're like trying to go like absolute minimum, but I would like to see it for like, you know, three or so months of really supporting your gut and your liver and your elimination slash detoxification pathways. And just with a really supportive, like, you know, practitioner next to you to make sure that you don't get any bad symptoms afterwards and have herbal medicine on hand because it is your friend. Um, And everyone's healing journey is different, right? Like some of us can just stop after prepping our bodies for like a month and everything's pretty good. It just depends on how your periods were before you started hormonal contraceptive. So you kind of have to gauge that if you had normal, healthy, consistent cycles beforehand, you may be pretty okay just to support yourself for like a month or two and then stop hormonal contraceptive and continue supporting yourself, of course. But For others who went on and they had undiagnosed or diagnosed PCOS or endometriosis or something of that sort, then it's just extra, extra important that you are doing all of your research beforehand and or getting a practitioner as well to just support you in this journey and stopping it because you can regulate everything and you can feel amazing no matter what diagnoses you've been given, whether it's true or untrue, the truth is you can rebalance the body. It wants to be in balance. It wants to find homeostasis and to be healthy. So it's doing everything it can every single second of every minute of every day to achieve this. So just give it what it needs to be able to do that and remove any obstacles. Exactly. Our bodies are on our sides. And I think that's a beautiful thing to remember. And I feel like I still have like a million things I would want to talk to you about. So hopefully you can come back on the podcast at some time because I want to talk gut health, liver detoxification. I, w- I want to talk about a million other things that I think are still important. So we'll have to do that. But thank you so much for coming on today. I want to close out the episode with some rapid fire questions. So we're just going to jump right into it. The first one, I think I already know the answer is, do you drink or do you prefer matcha or coffee? I 
prefer and drink matcha but it also depends on my my cycle phase because I can't I really stay away from like all sorts of caffeine when I'm nearing the end of my luteal phase in my period because our resting cortisol rate is naturally a little bit higher so I don't want to do anything that's going to raise my cortisol levels i.e caffeine <laughs> so I I'm not a coffee drinker that always spikes my blood sugar too much it and it just it makes me feel crappy I like don't feel good I have a double MTHFR genetic mutation it just does not work well for me um mm. most of us actually like over 50 percent of the population do not have the gene that creates the enzyme that properly digests caffeine and all of us I feel like are jacked up on like multiple cups of like coffee or caffeine every single day so I stay away as much as I can I love matcha it has so many benefits what's Um, your matcha like combination I love to so I have like a matcha bisque and so I'll put a little bit like a half a teaspoon in which is a little bit less than the serving size in a cup, add a little bit of water, just enough to whisk it together. And then I put in some homemade nut milk or three trees is a great nut milk brand that doesn't have any gums or additives and it's hundred percent organic and it's thick. It's so thick and creamy. I love putting that in there. I love date as well. And then in some sort of protein. So that could be like an egg yolk. It could also be vegan protein powder. If you're plant-based, it could be like a little bit of bone broth, whatever it is. Collagen is great. Collagen, some sort of protein as well. I really try to always go for a protein, a fat, and a carbohydrate with my meals and my snacks um, just to keep my blood sugar steady. And my drinks too. Yeah. Unless I'm having this matcha like with a, let's say I'm like having it with breakfast. So I'm getting like a lot of protein in breakfast or whatever it is. Then um, I still always put a date in because I just love dates mm-hmm. there's nutrient powerhouses and they dates um add like a really nice texture to it as well and it's a natural sweetener so I usually do a date but I don't always add like protein into it necessarily if I'm like having it in conjunction mm-hmm. with a meal gotcha amazing yeah. yeah I'm very sensitive to caffeine too so I try to stick with matcha and just keep one matcha a day and not anything more yes. um and then second question is what is your life mantra or a quote that you live by? Oh, I have so many. A lot of people <laughs> know me as the mantra queen because I like change up my mantras on the daily. But if I had to choose one just right now, I would say live consciously because that can really be interpreted however like the individual wants. But for me, like live consciously is something that I'm constantly striving to do. Live consciously with myself and my cycle and my divine feminine my womb, my womb wisdom, but also living consciously with like our earth and our planet and all that inhabit it. Amazing. Beautiful. And then what is one or some of your favorite books that you would recommend to anyone listening? So I love some of these amazing, like kind of entry-level books. They're not like, you know, science or, you know, kind of more like clinical based books. These are great books to like start evaluating like your relationship with hormonal contraceptive, reevaluating like the business of it all and understanding your cycle. So some great ones, I'm actually leading a book club right now and we are reading the period repair manual by Laura Bryden. There's your brain on hormonal birth control. There is the beyond the pill in the flow 
Uh, Alyssa VT actually has two. I'm forgetting what the second one is. But there's In the Flow and then there's one more by Alyssa VT. So these are some great entry-level books. I think like they're so easy to read. They're very easily digestible. So like anyone should, can and should just go get one of these books. I think the Period Repair Manual is probably my favorite out of all of those, honestly. I think Laura's really brilliant and um, her work is incredible. Alyssa VT too is the one who coined the cycle thinking method and did all of this mm-hmm. research on it. So bless her, like incredible <laughs> woman. All Amazing. of these women have like, some of them like twice the life that I have. And so I'm very grateful because I feel like I'm, you know, I'm taking all of their research and then I'm building upon it and then I'm changing it in a way because, you know, when they were my age, they didn't have this social media that we have and like these massive platforms to like not only learn more, but to get the word out. So I, I really look up to them. I'm so grateful for them for pioneering all of this work, right? Um, and Peace Love Hormones yes. and I are in many other, you know, brands out there. We are taking this, we're building upon it. We're using the abundance of resources that we have to learn more and to educate and to empower all of you listening. So it's really exciting um, that we have this age of technology where we can really get this message out and we can widespread the crap out of it. (laughs) Yes. Amazing. Yeah. The more the merrier. I feel like abundance mindset with information, especially in this like niche slash area of of study. So I love that. And then last question is if someone did not hear any of this episode and they just heard this part, what would you want them to leave with? Oh, if they didn't hear the episode and they just are hearing this and want to leave something that your body and your menstrual cycle are your superpower. So the more that you can get to know it and the more that you learn to appreciate it and use it to your advantage, the more optimized your life and your everything that's a part of your life, your business life, your social life, personal, spiritual life, and the way that you move your body, the way that you eat, your sex life, everything is going to be optimized. So it's your superpower and go use it. Yes. Go use your superpower. It's anyone listening, all the women out there, 97% of this audience. So (laughs) yes. Thank you so much, Maddie. This was amazing. It was so nice to officially meet you on zoom and on this podcast and i truly admire you and all that you do so thank you for sharing it with my audience with my community i'm very grateful and tell everyone where they can find you and your resources thank you for those words and thank you for having me thank you everyone for listening you can find me on instagram it's just my name the maddie miles and then peace love hormones is linked up everything is linked up in my instagram bio but peace love hormones on instagram as well if you want to listen to our podcast it's also peace love hormones you can listen to it in spotify you can listen to it in apple and i highly recommend checking us out giving us a follow and checking out our herbal nutraceutical for hormone health and to prevent pms amazing thank you so so much this was so fun and i'll see you soon bye everyone with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.